This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Lead Without Limits, the podcast that explores how your mind and soul energy, together with your actions and intentions, impact your leadership presence and bring heart and consciousness into your life. Join your host, certified business and life coach, Stefania Rigo, as she brings you stimulating conversations with women who lead in business in their community. And as she gives you the wisdom you need to help shape the future of society and our planet. Now here's your host, Stefania. Welcome to the first episode of Lead Without Limits. I am Janelle McCauley, the Director of Member Experience with eWomen Network, and I'm so excited to introduce your host for Lead Without Limits, Stefania Rigo. Stefania, it's so great to sit down and have this conversation with you today. Thank you, Janelle. I've been looking forward to it. I'm really excited about your new podcast, Lead Without Limits, and I'm really intrigued with its focus on exploring how your mind and soul energy, together with your actions and intentions, impact your leadership presence. And I'm excited to see how it all unfolds. Today, we're going to delve into the podcast just a little bit, but first, I'd like to have our listeners learn a little bit about you. I know that, that you were born in Italy and raised all over the world. Can you tell us a little bit about how that shaped you and your values? Absolutely. Um, so I am Italian, uh, 100%. Um, no need for me to go to Ancestry.com. Um, <laughs> there's no surprises there, both my mother and my father's side. Uh, nothing but Italian. Um, however, my parents were extremely adventurous, and my father was an exploration geologist. So we left Italy when I was really, really young, and I really spent my childhood and adolescence living all over the world. Uh, that uh, started forming in me uh, some very deep values that, in addition to the values I was taught in the family, have really still um, resonate with me today. One of them is curiosity, resilience, and adaptability to change. So we had this very fantastic, adventurous life where we traveled. We lived in Turkey and traveled by car because back then you could all over the Middle East. Mm. Um, then we lived in East and West Africa. Uh, and um, what I was always encouraged to do was to explore and to foster my curiosity, which was a, a natural characteristic of mine, in um, looking at how um, I fit into the world at large, even when the world, my immediate environment, looks very different from me. And I learned how to be resilient in that the moving was hard, you know, at times it was chaotic, mm -hmm. uh, had to constantly uh, adapt, 
had to constantly um, assess the environment, see how I could include myself in it and what I needed to learn about it. And sometimes these lessons had to happen pretty quickly because we would arrive and I'd be put in school and I might be in a school with kids from all different cultures in a language that sometimes I wasn't even uh, familiar with. I uh, went to a, a, an English speaking school as an Italian kid and in first grade, I didn't speak a word of English. That has helped me uh, develop as a leader and as an entrepreneur for sure. And it started at a very early age. We, uh, I was encouraged, uh, we were all encouraged in the family into a deep exploration of the cultures we lived in. So it wasn't like, we're just here for a couple of years, you know, and, and, and you're within the family unit and we're Italian and that's our culture. We were really encouraged to study the history of the place, the geography of the place. We went, we traveled and went to see it. Um, when we lived in Africa, for example, in West Africa, uh, there was a very, very famous um, internationally known doctor called Albert Schweitzer who had a leprosy camp. Well, children are not often talked to about leprosy, but um, it was an important conversation for my parents to have uh, with us because um, we would sometimes see people out in the streets and in the town that we lived in that um, might be recovering from it or had symptoms of it. And it was this deep sense of compassion and acceptance that was fostered in me. Um, I think today I really value diversity and inclusivity because of that. Mm -hmm. I at many times found myself the minority, you know, a different religion, different language, and different looking from the country I lived in. And came to appreciate how um, that could impact you in different ways. There were times in my life because of my age and, you know, my, my developmental stage where I felt really excluded. I would not say that I was born a leader and that my leadership style came easily. Often I would want to disappear into the background, both because I looked and sounded and was different, mm -hmm. and also because um, I knew I was moving soon. So why put a whole effort into trying to excel in the classroom, get involved in extracurricular activities. Many times I was just struggling to catch up academically with whatever school I was moving into. Mm -hmm. That was the struggle with the moving, you know, was always feeling like I was having to put a lot of energy and adaptability and resilience. And sometimes that cost me in terms of, um, uh, finding my, my role as a young child or an adolescent in developing my leadership qualities. By the way, I was definitely a leader within my familial tribe because I have three younger brothers and they'll tell you I bossed them around. But that's what I thought leadership was. Mm -hmm. You know, you just tell people what to do and um, expect them to do it. 
How do and you, of course, that's a childlike approach. How do you feel that all of the, the moving and all your early lessons help develop your leadership style? Right. Um, it, it became clear to me that it has to come from the inside out. And it became really clear to me that it needed to be um, inclusive, uh, that I had to lead from a point of listening and observation, and that trust is at the foundation of the strength of any leader. I often had to gain the trust of the kids being the new kid in the school mm -hmm. of, you know, using again, my young childhood, I had to, I had to earn the trust of uh, the people around me as I, you know, parachuted in at the beginning of the school year into sometimes communities that were um, much more stable, you know, than, than my moving around curiosity. I think that's another trait I value very much in leadership. I realized that to earn the trust, I had to lead from a place of curiosity. I had to learn about other people. So how do you, how do you think someone projects leadership? What would somebody see in someone that would say they're a leader? How would they identify that? Oh, that's an interesting uh, question. I, I love that question. So uh, for me, uh, if I can tell it in the context of a lesson I learned, uh, in my 20s, my first job was uh, in an uh, oil industry service contractor in Houston. Uh, a large company, a very male-dominated industry, and that is the place where I first got to explore the embodiment of a leader. So how do you show up from an inside-out perspective, but also paying attention to how people are, form an impression of you very quickly, something I also learned in my childhood, right? Mm -hmm. Don't judge a book by its cover. You've got to dig deeper. But I knew in my 20s in this male-dominated environment that to be accepted outside of the administrative and secretarial roles mm -hmm. that most women occupied in that industry at that time, I needed to project an external image, very professional dressing, um, very good eye contact, very um, uh, clear communication style. That's where I learned the importance, not just of listening, but of clarity and communication and being able to have difficult conversations to stand up for yourself, your projects to be mm -hmm. taken seriously. And that is, uh, I, I really think of that as an embodiment. It really is a physical energy. 
a grounded energy Mm -hmm. that has to be felt from the inside out, fostered and grown and cultivated from the inside out. And then again, as I mentioned this, that external first impression, um, you know, that, that has to be congruent and authentic with how you see yourself projecting internally. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I had a conversation with someone yesterday. Um, I've seen them show up and, and be at multiple things that I've been at. And I, I reached out to them and shared an opportunity and they were totally shocked because I saw them as a leader and someone who was really standing out and they did not see themselves that way. And I think that happens with a lot of women, especially men are much more confident in that. But I think with women, they don't see themselves that way. And I think oftentimes people don't tell them that they see them that way. And we've got to figure out a way to get women to really take a step back and acknowledge other women and really step into their power of who they are and what they're capable of. Yes. And that is my calling for this podcast. Mm. I love that. I uh, totally agree with you. And when I look back at, and now I'm dating myself, (laughs) my leadership style, it was totally influenced by a masculine model. That's Mm -hmm. all I had around me. And so even though on the inside, because um, I've always been a deeply spiritual uh, child and um, adult and um, have explored my intuition and my development, even as a healer in that I, for, uh, you know, I'm a Reiki master for a long time saw that as kind of the divine feminine in me since I was around such masculine models that needed to be uh, incorporated for me to feel more authentic in my leadership. So it's a balance between um, understanding when we show up in a room that we have to include the men Mm-hmm. And because we have to include men in our development as leaders, they're part of the conversation and in the room with us. Absolutely. And also really um, becoming clear on how much more powerful we often are than we acknowledge to ourselves and, and how to own that and feel comfortable with it so that we can recognize that again from the inside out mm-hmm. as people see us. So how do you believe that men and women differ in their leadership styles? So I think the main point of difference is the one you brought up. It isn't so much about what we say and what we do as much as what we feel on the inside and Mm -hmm. how we project that on the outside, right? So you brought up an excellent point. Men, not all men, we're not going to, you, you know, generalize, but most men in 
leadership positions of any kind in business see themselves as having a right to be there, having a voice in the conversation. Most of my conversation with the men that uh, I know that are leaders and the men that have mentored and supervised me have not been around their self-confidence, their voice being heard, their authenticity. Uh, for women, the language is very much around that. That's why I talk about embodiment. For us, uh, it has to be um, as much a feeling that's kinesthetic, so in the body, uh, because we are in our body when you know we, we have a living experience and an in, interchange with people. We want to be grounded in that body when we are having a difficult conversation or um, leading by example in a project or um, having you know, decisions to make um, in our business. We want to always be grounded. And how does that then transfer into our authentic voice, our vulnerability, our strengths? Men don't explore it quite in the same language. Mm -hmm. Emotional intelligence is something that is just as important now to men in leadership as it is in women. I think there we might have the advantage, advantage us in that realm. Perhaps that's where we can model for them. Mm -hmm. it, it, that's an interesting, um, an interesting perspective. And I think it is about modeling and standing out. And I'm really excited about the conversation that you're going to be having each week on Lead Without Limits. And I learned so much about you and what you do when I was looking at your website. And one of the statements that you, you made was people follow, follow experts because they're looking for answers, but they're not getting the results that they look for. And I'm interested to know how what you're going to be sharing with people is going to help them get different results and really get moving in the direction that's going to get those results? Yes. My hope for this podcast is that the women that come to speak, my guests, uh, lead by example. They embrace leadership as not showing up as the expert, telling people what a leader is or isn't. If we're going to lead without limits, then we're going to have to have higher level conversations about their story, their unique story, and how that story developed them not into an expert, but into their leadership style and how they focus on continuing their own self-learning, self-development, how the experience is not one of expertise, but is one of self-awareness, mm -hmm. self-discovery, and self-mastery. Mm -hmm. So that this is a journey that's unique to each one of us. We are our own expert. 
if we're looking for packaged uh, how-to manuals and um, books to um, inform our own leadership style, our own um, growth, we're going to uh, be not transformational, but just getting information. So I love books. I, I have some incredible um, transformation from reading books on leadership and coaching and all other subjects. However, information from experts, whether it's on a podcast or in a book or in a workshop, is just information. What do we take from that that is a unique opportunity for us to do our own transformational work, to take down our own barriers and, and truly take down our own limitations, put into action the information so that we transform ourselves. So I'm very excited about the podcast being a place where the audience is inspired, and gets actionable steps, gets information that they can use for their own transformation, their own unique journey. They are their own expert. I love that. And I think so much of leadership is anchored in confidence and confidence really comes with experience. And I love how you talk about developing that self-mastery and being our own expert. We really have, I believe, the information we need in front of us. It just, we don't know how to apply it. And it's, it's very difficult to do it on our own. It's, as Sandra Yancey always says, it's difficult to see the picture when you're inside the frame. And that's why connecting with others that can help us see what's in front of us is so important. And I'm really excited about just continuing the conversation and all the amazing information and ideas that you're going to bring to people and also helping them get into action, because I think that is so important to moving everyone forward. Absolutely. Thank you, Janelle. This has been a great conversation, and I'm really excited to watch and see how, you know, you really, as you talked about, explore the mind and soul energy, and really with actions and intentions, just really move the dial and bring the conversation forward for women in leadership. Thank you. I look forward to the journey starting. I'm going to have some incredible guests on uh, that are uh, high energy, um, lifetime learners, inspirational, and are out there day in, day out, growing and um, being leaders without limits and defining for themselves what that means. I can't wait. Thank you so much for giving us a little sneak peek of what we can expect. Thank you, Janelle. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Lead Without Limits. 
Each week, we bring you stimulating conversations with women who lead in business and their community. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Lead Without Limits, go to EWNpodcastNetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. Until next time, remember that as leaders, we have the power to shape the future of society and our planet. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here today to lead without limits in your own life. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating $1 million in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.